0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Save Me and I'll Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiast, Amber. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hey! And on this week's episode, Kylie unfortunately cannot join us, but on this week's episode, it's a Matt musical. So either way, there's shenanigans. A uh, matt musical. A
1: Matt-sticle. Matt-sticle. Boy, do Boy, howdy, do I have one for you.
2: I am... Unprepared.
1: <laughs> well, you better you better correct that soon, because we are covering the guy who didn't like musicals.
0: How <laughs> dare he? And this one was actually recommended to us by the Mama. She knew it was perfect for Matt when she listened to it and could not get through it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> this is a recommendation from Mama, but also gets the Mama warning. So, uh, yeah, yes, it's, it's rather strange. But, yeah, let me, let me give you some uh, little... Little details on this before we get this rig rolling. Uh huh. Oh, so this is a horror comedy musical, more so leaning on the comedy than than horror. Uh huh. And is uh, inspired by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh huh. It's very weird and strange, but the lyrics are by Jeff Blim, and the book is done by Matt and Nick Lang. The show ran from October 11th, 2018 to November 4th, 2018 at the Matrix Theater in Los Angeles, California. So this is not some big Broadway production. <laughs> there is a uh, official recording of this that was uploaded to YouTube on December 24th, 2018. So it is available for everybody to view. And this is through StarKid Productions, and uh, this is... Uh, all brought to your wonderful ears through the power of Kickstarter. Uh-huh. The show ended up raising uh, one hundred and twenty seven thousand seven hundred and eighty-two dollars through three thousand four hundred and nineteen backers. Its original goal was only sixty K though. Jeez. So they, they kinda blew that out of the water.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: So with all the success, like it kind of grew internet fame and, and all that jazz, the uh, creators also made a second musical by the name of Black Friday that takes place in Hatchetfield, which is the same location as this story is done in, and features reoccurring characters from the show. <laughs> and there's also a short film titled Working Boys, which we will get to that later. That was announced for announced to be uh, coming to you in 2019 for the Kickstarter campaign, and a third musical was being written. However, COVID has kind of halted all that stuff, and we haven't really, at the time of recording, had any major updates on it. But I imagine now that things are starting to get back to normal, those will be underway. (laughs) One can only hope. Yes. (laughs) So since this is a smaller kind of cast, there is uh, people playing multiple different roles throughout the show, and every set piece is very kind of minimal which is kind of mostly like chairs and stuff around. So you kind of have to do some uh, theater of the mind for, for some scenes. But it is very fun, very entertaining. We have John Madison as Paul, our main guy. We got Lauren Lopez as Emma. Joey Richter as Ted. Jamie Lynn Beatty as Charlotte slash Nora slash Deb. Corey Doris as Bill. Robert Manning as Hitchens. Mariah Rose Faith as Alice slash Zoe. And Jeff Blim as Sam, General McNamara, and Mr. Davidson. All right. So yeah, that kind of covers everything. A uh, little background stuff. There wasn't like a ton on the show, but it is yeah. it is a lot of fun. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm not surprised there's not a ton of background. It's still pretty much a baby. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah everything kind of being done in 2018, they kind of snuck it in right before, you know, it <laughs> yeah. started hitting the fan.
0: So is this one on Spotify?
1: Yes, it is on Spotify. So that'll be linked down in the show notes.
0: Okay, perfect. So yeah, Uh, then with that background out of the way, we're ready to have Matt take us into Act One.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The show starts off with a bunch of uh, singing zombies, in kind of quotes. They're addressing the audience and they kind of set the scene of the small town of Hatchetsfield. And they also tell us about the main character of the show, Paul. He is an unremarkable everyday man. And guess what? He doesn't like musicals. Wow. Rude. (laughs) And the song is the guy who doesn't like musicals. Wow. So there is a lot of humor in this show. We're obviously not going to be covering like every single little joke, but it is very dumb. And it is exactly like kind of my kind of humor. So highly recommend if you like kind of dumb (laughs) stuff. This will definitely be for you. Nice. Lots of swearing, too.
0: Yeah, that's why it's not (laughs) mama-approved.
1: Yeah. Um, So, uh, the show picks up with Paul, beginning his day at his nondescript office job. Uh, Here is where we meet his co-workers. Ted, the terrible, horrible womanizer. Oh. (laughs) Charlotte, who is kind of an unstable woman and has a uh, kind of bad relationship with her husband, Sam. Where she, he's kind of cheating on her and ignoring her. Wow! Oh. And then we also meet Paul's closest friend, Bill. They're just kind of like office neighbors and, you know, they chit-chat and hang out. Charlotte is uh, having a phone call with her husband, Sam. Sam is a um, police officer and is, yeah, like I said, pretty much completely ignores Charlotte. This was snuggle night. In, oh. You know, heavy quotes. And the therapist said they should at least try once a month. Huh. So... That's uh, how that's going. Interesting. After that phone call, we cut back to Bill, who is inviting Paul to go see the touring production of Mamma Mia that has come to town. Bill has a daughter, Alice, and he is trying to connect with her more and, you know, not be completely overshadowed by his ex-wife. So kind of doing the divorced dad thing. And it's not going great. (laughs) However, uh, Paul does end up declining this invitation and wishes to do literally anything else than go see a musical. <laughs> wow, what a jerk. Yeah, he's kind of an ass for most of the show. So get get used to that. So Paul decides to make a coffee run to the local coffee shop Beanies. There, he, there is a uh, cute barista, Emma, who he has kind of a crush for as he comes in. Uh, She's very frustrated at work because they started doing a new thing where if people tip, they have to sing a song. Oh, my. And she effing hates it.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I
1: would not. Nope. So, yeah, their their conversation starts off as a confrontation because he puts a tip in and she freaks out saying, like, oh, you want me to sing and, like, dance for you, too? And he's like, no, no, it was just just a tip because, you know, reasons. (laughs) You're pretty. Well, he doesn't quite come out and say it, but... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul gets his coffee and he leaves the shop. And as he's leaving, he's approached by an activist for Greenpeace. And they are asking him for donations and just kind of overall pestering him. Their conversation is cut short by a pretty nasty storm that's approaching the town. And everybody's trying to race home and, and get into shelter. We cut to Charlotte, who is now at home and is also cheating on her husband with Ted. Jesus. Okay. But she is still worried about her husband's safety and that he's he's not home yet and he should be home. And Ted is just kind of being a sleazeball and saying like, Ah, just forget about him. I'm here. And terrible. <laughs> well, it seems like everyone's kind of terrible. Bill's daughter ends up taking refuge with her girlfriend, Deb, who Bill doesn't quite like. Thinks that Deb is a bad influence. Thinks that she's a big pothead. And then uh, we also see a mysterious man, Professor Higgins, that is is kind of like Doc from Back to the Future a little bit. That's Uh that's kind of how he reacts, but he's like more well, like he's well-dressed and well-kempt, but he kind of has that weird, uh, excited accent. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. And he's reacting in awe and horror that he uh, predicted that this storm would come. We cut to the next morning where Paul encounters singing and dancing people in the street, led by the Greenpeace activists. Uh, The people are singing about their past lives and express their newfound happiness. Uh, And this is in the song La-Di-Da-Day. All right. And Paul is just kind of confused and is not sure what is happening. I would be confused, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, being kind of freaked out by that, he makes his way to work, and he is trying to piece together what happens, and Bill actually ends up comes in and complains that the show last night was canceled after a meteor hit the theater. Uh, Oh. And with everybody kind of talking about the weirdness that has been going on lately, Charlotte chimes in, saying that she is concerned about her husband, because in the morning, he started singing in the shower, and all of his notes were on key. It was the think... best singing she's ever heard. <laughs> That's when you know something went wrong. So something yeah. is not right. So they all begin to start. You know, they they start connecting the dots. However, Paul um, is called into his boss's office. He forgot to turn in a you know a report at the end of the day yesterday. Oh, um, so everybody's just kind of like, ooh, You're in trouble. So. When Paul enters into the office, he immediately starts coming up with excuses as to why he didn't turn in that report. But his boss cuts him off and starts bursting into song. (laughs) He asks Paul about what he wants in life in the song. What do you want, Paul? And it is very creepy and weird. Uh, His boss really wants his wife to choke him while he masturbates.
0: Nope. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. So
1: with this great <laughs> sure. information that was uh, brought to him, Paul <laughs> runs out of the office and claims that he's going to go get coffee.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, not the king shame, but while you're singing, that's a little bit. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> like I said, the show's real weird. <laughs> so at Beanie's, Paul tries to talk to Emma about the town turning into a musical overnight. But she excuses herself because she now has to do a dance number along with singing. For a tip, and her co workers Zoe and Nora uh, join her for that in the song Cup of Roasted Coffee. So they're oh, doing wow. like kind of like a little tap dancey ish number for all the customers in the in the, in the the shop. Sure. And they get to the end of the song, but suddenly her two co workers continue dancing and singing. And they, Emma finds out that they added a whole new section uh, without her, and she's kind of frustrated and done with all this stupid shit, so she quits. Fair oh. enough. As she is quitting and kind of throwing her little tantrum, some of the customers start to cough and fall over, and the two baristas suddenly get creepy and dark, and they reveal that they uh, poison the coffee. Oh, okay. The customers begin to rise back up, and they have been turned into musical zombies. And they uh, (laughs) join in on the song uh, as it's finishing, and Paul and Emma run away. Okay. Paul and Emma eventually meet up with Bill, Charlotte, and Ted as they are all hiding in alleyways and and trash cans. Um, As they're kind of trying to figure out what all is happening, Charlotte reveals that she uh, called Sam and the police will be arriving. But to their dismay, they're arriving singing and dancing. (laughs) And yeah, they harass them. Until Ted has to hit Sam over the head with the trash can, knocking him out and also splitting his head open. Oh. Um, Oops. This, this is all in the song, Show Me Your Hands, which uh, has wonderful current police commentary ah. you know, going on. So, show me those hands, show me those jazz hands, as the song goes. <laughs> and it's, it's, Yeah, it's dumb. Emma, kind of freaked out and not sure what to do, suggests that they should go find old biology professor professor higgins who is a kind of known doomsday survivalist slash prepper you know he'll probably have you know a a good hideout so that being the only plan they all head off for it they make their way to the professor's compound and they (laughs) kind of go through some questioning at first and eventually they are let in and uh, he reveals that he's been uh, preparing for this exact scenario for decades and they go this huh. exact scenario? And he's like, yes, down to the minute detail. Okay. So he's an idiot. So they, they show him the unconscious body of Sam, and they show him the blue goo that has been kind of seeping from his head wound. Gross. The professor kind of pieces together that this is the result of an alien invasion. Of course and They it is. must tie him up for safety. As the gang kind of comes into the compound, they ask about if there's any alcohol there. And the professor (laughs) says, I've been preparing for this for decades. Of course I have alcohol. Uh. So they go to the bar. While they're all kind of hanging out there, Sam eventually comes to. And it's just him and Charlotte in the room. And he starts to sing to her. He wants her to untie him. And he tries to make her think of the times before their marriage was falling apart. Doesn't want to fall into the trap that he is clearly laying until he eventually fakes his own death. Where he's Uh-oh. running out of time and just collapses on the ground. Uh-huh. But as he is untied, he gets up, tax her, and rips out her guts.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, In the song, okay. uh,
1: You Tied Up My Heart.
2: Splash that Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, so like I said, it's a very small production, so they're, they're like, clearly wearing, like, a vest <laughs> over, and they're just kind of pulling out, like, felt-looking, like, guts. Nice. It's very dumb, but I like it. So the rest of the gang is at the bar and an argument kind of breaks out between Bill and Ted, which is like equivalent to like eighth grade schoolyard thing where Bill says he's going to kick Ted in the head. Yeah. Uh And Ted just kind of reams him for that stupid thing. He said, while this is happening, Emma and Paul are talking and are starting to get closer to one another. Emma talks about her, her sister's death. And kind of through that trauma, she promised herself that she wouldn't die in Hatchet's Field. So she's kind of bummed about this whole situation. Yeah. Paul reveals that his hatred for musicals actually stems from the first musical he ever saw, which was in high school. And uh, turns out Emma was actually in that production, oh. in, in the production of Brigadoon. So he's kind of like, yeah, you know what? You're the reason why I hate musicals. Oh,
2: no. Hey, oops.
1: Yeah, it comes off really weird, but they just kind of brush it off. They're still kind of into each other. (laughs) Eventually, Charlotte and Sam burst in and begin attacking everyone in the song, Join Us and Die. (laughs) Right before things are getting pretty dire, the professor bursts back into the room after being locked away in his lab. And blasts both of them with a shotgun. All right. And also to prove that none of the others got infected, he forces them to start singing Moana. <laughs> uh-huh. And none of them were in tune or in key. And uh, he's like, okay, you're good.
0: That makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty funny. When the situation settles down, Bill ends up receiving a call from his daughter saying that she is stuck at the school. Bill is freaking out and tells her to hide and that he's going to come and save her. Ted, trying to be the realistic mind in the group, tells him that she's a lost cause and that she's already dead. And if you go out to save her, she, you're just going to die too. Wow. But Paul decides to kind of man up and, and join Bill on this rescue mission. Good. And that's actually where uh, things end for the intermission. My goodness. That's a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening. and they, they make it go pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Like, it. I mean, it sounds really dumb, but it also has... It, it kind of works.
1: <laughs> the music's actually pretty fun. I liked I liked most of the songs. Well, that's good. I don't think they're you know winning any like Tony awards, but
0: it's right. fun. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was fun enough to you know get a, it's Kickstarter backed, so
1: mm-hmm. true.
0: It's gotta mean something.
1: Yeah, this uh this company also did a Harry Potter musical.
0: Yes. Oh.
1: So they've they've done a couple other projects that have been very successful. So and yeah, weird. I, essentially, I have a whole new arsenal of things to cover.
2: Oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I love Starkid.
0: are so many good stuff. So so much, so much good. So many good stuff. So many good thing stuff. Well then, uh, since you do, and since Kylie's not here, do you want to read our little factoid this week? Sure, sure. So, this week's
2: fact is about Starkid, of course. Starkid Productions, also known as Team Starkid. Is an American musical theater company founded in 2009 at the University of Michigan by Darren Chris, Brian Holden, Matt Lang, and Nick Lang. As of 2020, the company has charted 12 albums on the Billboard charts. The cast recording of Me and My Dick debuted at number 11 on the US Cast Albums chart in 2010, becoming the first student produced musical recording to chart on Billboard. Pretty cool.
1: That is wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you are big Glee fans out there, that first name, Darren Chris, might sound familiar, because that was blame on Glee. Yep. Very interesting. So yeah, this is his kind of production company that has been doing all this stuff, and I like them. They're funny. Mm-hmm. I need to listen to me and my dick, apparently.
0: Yeah, apparently. Never heard of it before, but all right.
1: Yeah, like I said, I have a whole new arsenal of janky shows to cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, do you guys have more thoughts on the first act? It it's something. It is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep.
1: <laughs> it's interesting that the main character hasn't sung a song yet, but I guess yeah. like that's the point of the show,
0: mm-hmm. right? That's
1: so what I'm it's, it's it's pretty funny.
0: That is pretty uh, good. And I'm kind. I would be curious, to kind of see how this one actually plays out because it sounds very bizarre.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's all on YouTube, entire thing. So if you and your friends mm-hmm. want to have a movie night. This is a good one to to kind of relax and have a couple drinks with.
0: Yeah, I, we're definitely going to do that as well.
1: Nope. We just want to hop into Act 2. We
0: gotta come up with a good pun. So are we ready to...
1: zombie shuffle our way into Act 2?
0: <laughs> Re- reanimate into Act 2?
1: Sure, I like that. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Act 2 starts off with Paul and Bill searching for Alice, and Bill is just kind of panicking and, and digging on himself for just her being in this situation, thinking that if he was a better father, none of this would be happening. Paul tries to kind of talk some sense into him and say that he's he's wrong, but they're interrupted by a zombie Alice. Uh. Dun, dun, dun. So she sings that everything is actually Bill's fault and that oh. he's a terrible father. Oh, So pretty much like all of his concerns that he'd been talking about for the entirety of the show, she's just kind of confirming all of them in the song Not Your Seed. Oops. Bill is obviously upset by this news and is just kind of done with everything. So he tries to kill himself with the shotgun that they brought. Okay. Paul stops this and tosses the gun aside, tries to talk some sense into Bill, but Alice picks up the gun and kills Bill. Uh, Oh. Right before Paul ends up getting shot, the army actually arrives and chases everyone away, which is (laughs) kind of funny because in the show they just kind of run out from the, the audience, and they're like, Get the fuck out of here! Where the army? Pew pew! <laughs> Paul is kind of relieved that rescue has arrived, but uh, he is eventually knocked out and taken into custody. Okay. Back at the compound, Higgins figures out that the aliens are actually part of a hive mind, so kind of all is one, and they're all connected kind of thing. One of us. One of us. While they're talking over this, Emma kind of comes up with a plan, destroying whatever their source is, and they kind of figure that it might be the meteor that landed on the theater. But Higgins is kind of having second thoughts about everything and starts piecing together that if everybody was all collected into a hive mind, there'd be world peace. And so hmm. he decides to uh, switch sides and join <laughs> join up with the aliens. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he tranquilizes Emma and ties her up. Wow. We cut back to Paul, who is kind of waking up from being knocked out. And a General McNamara uh, is there to greet him. Kind of runs down why the army's there. and He works for a special unit of the army that deals with these strange incidents and makes sure nobody's here hears about it. They're the P-E-I-P. Peep. Because you won't hear a peep about it. <laughs> oh, my God. It
2: definitely exists.
1: Yeah. So they have a kind of heart to heart American conversation (laughs) and kind of McNamara is is kind of judging the character that Paul is. The general eventually comes to saying that there's a helicopter that's going to be arriving shortly. And if Paul is there when it when it touches down, he'll be able to get rescued out of there. But he figures that he has enough time to go back to his friends and try and bring them along with him. So he he leaves to go get Emma. (laughs) We go back to Emma, who is tied up along with Ted and higgins is opening up the gate to his compound he he figured out that the aliens communicate through music and that he is actually going to start luring them there because he secretly has a history in musical theater wow so he attracts the aliens by singing the opening number of the musical he's been working on called working boys uh-huh. wait a second yeah the thing i said earlier it's there <laughs> <laughs> So he's kind of reminiscing about his days with his friends in undergrad in the song Showstopping Number, which is a very funny song because it's talking about like the big song from every show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But then he also starts singing the, the song from Working Boys, which is the synopsis on that is essentially a bunch of college friends go off and, and have their jobs, but they all kind of miss the days of all them hanging out. And that's about it. Hmm. So the professor is kind of losing it, and zombies start kind of making their way into the scene. And the professor starts thinking that it's uh, members of the cast of his show in his mind. Oh my! It's Greg, Steve, Stu, Mark, Layton, and Chad. 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 So they join in the song, drag him off, and kill him. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> While they're being uh, dragged off, Paul arrives and unties Emma and Ted, and they start to bolt for the pickup site. A uh, little side note, has one of my f- funniest little moments for me in the show. So they get untied, and they're going to be, like, switching scenes. hmm And so they're like, quick, grab everything you ne- you'll need. <laughs> and, and Emma goes, I'm going to take these chairs. <laughs> and Ted runs over and he's like, I'm going to grab the piano. Just to get things (laughs) off of the scene. Yeah. It was just really funny to me. (laughs) Clever. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're trying to escape the compound, and some of the zombies actually manage to grab Paul. Paul, no. So they get separated. Uh, Emma wants to go back and save him, and Ted uh, just keeps running away. (laughs) Before they were rescued, he was praying to God, saying that if he got out of this, he'd try and be a better person, and Emma kind of calls him out at this moment, and he said, I was going to try to be a better person. Doesn't mean I am, and runs off. Oh my god. So, Ted kind of keeps running and actually makes it to the landing site for the helicopter, and he is greeted by the now-infected Peep. McNamara uh, shoots Ted and then brainwashes him, and they start singing the song, America is Great Again, you know. Oh, Yep, that that commentary. Yep. It's about uh, as you imagine. (laughs) With Emma coming back to save Paul, they manage to escape the the clutches of the zombies, and uh, they make it to the helicopter uh, where they confront and shoot McNamara. They hop on and think they have made it to safety, so they're kind of saying like, F you, Hatchesfield, we did it, woo! But (laughs) da-da-da, the pilot is also infected. Oh, wow. Yeah, the pilot pulls a gun out on them. They fight for the gun, and, you know, when you have a a fight in a helicopter, they tend to crash. Yes. So that happens. Paul is is more or less okay from the crash, but uh, Emma has a piece of rebar in her leg, so she's not going anywhere soon. She eventually tells Paul that he needs to leave her and just go end all of this. To go to the source and destroy it, and he eventually leaves with a belt full of grenades after a mm. few failed attempts at a kiss. Uh, yeah, he, he goes to lean in and she coughs blood all over his face. And she goes, uh, I, th- I think that was all of it. Come here. And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, this disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, just bounces. So we now get the horde of zombies addressing the audience directly through song. in the song let him come where they're very excited about paul making his way to the theater so he makes it to the meteor and is greeted by all of the people that he once knew they tell him they're all happy now and that if he blows up the meteor he's gonna end up dying too they ask him what he wants and he tries to ignore them and say nothing matters he's just gonna do what he came here to do they sing about a song being inside paul and that, that it's gonna come out and By him being closer to the meteor, it has a stronger influence on him. And he begins to sing and dance against his will.
2: Finally! So he,
1: (laughs) he switches between singing and talking and kind of has this like kind of Jekyll and Hyde kind of moment. But he eventually does pull a pin on a grenade and throws it at the meteor. And this is all through the song, Let It Out. We then get a newscast from a neighboring town that is stating it's been two weeks since the events of the show started. They're reporting it as a a meteor striking down and a gas leak blowing up the town. Sure. Emma is still alive and is greeted by Colonel Schaefer at a hospital in Clivesdale. Schaefer is a peep agent and gives Emma a new identity. Schaefer informs her that there were no other survivors and that she'll be escorted to her new home by a Ben Bridges, which she is informed. She knows him very well. Ben enters the scene and it's actually Paul. Yes. They embrace and just before Paul begins to sing. Uh Uh-oh. He tells her that she lost and he's joined by the band of other zombies. They sing a medley of previous songs and implore her to join them. And they eventually surround her and drag her off stage in the song, Inevitable. Oh, no. And that's how the show ends. <laughs> well, oh, my
0: God. Boom,
1: boom, boom.
0: Everyone's dead. Technically. Okay, that's the show.
1: <laughs> yes. So that was like the generalized version of the show. There's, like I said, a lot of, lot of jokes in this. So I highly recommend watching this if you like dumb humor.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does actually sound, you know, funny. It doesn't, you know, I I imagine it does work. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And the story, yeah, like more or less holds together.
2: Yeah, I don't think it would have worked if it was any less crazy, honestly.
0: Yeah, Like by the time
2: we started Act 2, I was like, okay, thank God it's like actual aliens, not just like, oh, it's aliens. But actually, (laughs) it's not. It's just like people that suck and are being mean. Like it's actual aliens. Yeah. Like it needs to get this crazy. Otherwise, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, they they knew exactly what they were making, and everybody that signed up for it knew exactly what they were getting. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed Jeff Blim's performance, who's Sam, General McNamara, and Mr. Davidson. He he just has a very animated face throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Nice. So his characters are, are very uh, ridiculous, and I love them. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check out all of the other crazy things this production company made. Yeah, especially the other things in this quote-unquote series. Yeah, the uh, musical cinematic universe of Hatchetfield. (laughs) That is so bizarre. Yeah, they they sound right up our alley. And uh, the other one, Black Friday, I believe is also up on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I think all their stuff is. Because that's their like, original medium. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely a weird show. Definitely not the worst one you've covered. Mm -hmm. No, not not
1: by a long shot. Yeah, for sure. So... I think we can give it a, you
0: know, that sort of thumbs up.
1: I yeah. give it a solid thumbs up. But that's because it's me and I like dumb stuff.
0: <laughs> Matt approved for dumbness. Yes. Well, yeah, definitely very interesting. I will have to listen to this one, but it doesn't yeah, it doesn't sound that that bad.
1: Yeah, if you if you if you're with some friends and you got some some time to kill one night and you got some drinks going, I would highly recommend throwing this on. That I think that is like the perfect environment for for giving this a shot.
0: And also, I just want to throw this out there. No, we are not aliens. We might like musicals, but we're not aliens. But well, we're not constantly dancing. That Well, yeah, they don't know that. We're
1: just grooving the entire time we're recording.
0: Chair dancing. You don't know what I'm doing in the safety of my own home. Don't <laughs> judge me.
1: We've had all of quarantine to practice our sick moves.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you, they haven't gotten better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyone else have... More thoughts about this lovely show? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Yeah, so we recommend going to watch it, especially since it is readily available on the YouTubes. Like most shows, again, aren't available like that, so we do recommend you going to check that out and giving us your thoughts about the dumbness that is this musical.
1: Yes. Wow. Much, much watch. Such good.
0: Such, such wow. But yeah, thanks so much for listening to this, this episode, you guys.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This ensures that you will get our episodes as soon as they are posted. Get in on all this great content we got coming to you. And also, if you're on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us uh, boost us up in the numbers. And uh, who doesn't like getting boosted in the numbers?
0: Heck yeah. It sounds a little weird the way you said it. Yeah. But yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, most things are weird the way I say it, so <laughs> Correct I've come to accept that
0: But the best way to help us out is by telling your friends and your family And, you know, just getting us all connected through the hive mind Because, you know, we're all on the same page And we all like musicals, right? Right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, if
1: yeah. everybody starts listening to our podcast There might be world peace We don't know yet until we, you know, you know we do it We can't prove
0: it But we should try. We should
1: try. It's a hypothesis.
0: Exactly. So everyone listen to this podcast and we'll see what happens. So tell everybody about us.
1: Thank you. Do it. Do it.
0: Do it.
2: So if you two have been afflicted with the constant singing and dancing in quarantine, we understand. (laughs) And if you'd like someone to talk to about it, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll talk to you about any uh, afflictions you may have as far as uh, the dance moves. So you can reach out to us (laughs) more privately with emails. We've got... Our email is save me at gmail.com. But you can also find us all over the internet. Do some of our dancing publicly. So we've got some Wild. some Instagram videos up at save me Seat. We've also got a Twitter at save an Seat. Uh, we're on Facebook at save me Seat, and you can find us on YouTube just like StarKid under the Ragtag Network. Bang, bye
0: woo! That's us. Wow, we're everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, and if you if you want to recommend us a show like this one was recommended to us, the best way to do that is through our email. Or you can tweet at us on Twitter. Either way, whatever works best for you. We like hearing about weird, obscure musicals like this, especially for Matt's episodes because he can go a well, little extra crazy and we can cover a lot of extra stuff. So just let us know. We'll throw that into our rotation. Yeah. But if you want to focus on more shows that we do, uh, podcast-wise, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com and that's where you'll find other podcasts that we're a part of, like Bag of Bones, which is uh, by my mother and is about dark history and things like that, and Total Tomfoolery, which is a D&D podcast that both Matt and I are on and maybe some other people will be joining us in the next season. We don't know. Ooh. No. Ooh. But I believe that is all that we have for you this week, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Save Me Now. See, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.